Hello and welcome to po No Prize Podcast. I am the Professor Bud Young, and this is Lucas. What's going on, Lucas? Loving life, live and love life as much as you can. I mean, and get the little little things up, and that's what we're going to talk about today, right? I needed that minute of the intro to uh, to wake my ass up. Yeah, it was like, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's uh, no, no, we do this early as heck on a Saturday <laughs> morning. <laughs> and, uh, this is like my third podcast of the week, fourth podcast of the, uh, excuse me, third podcast of the night, fourth podcast of the week. You know, see, the trick is get some of this stuff. I'm not going to even see, put, you know, put the name out there like that, but you get, you get your help. This is some of that drunken master juice, and you freaking, and you, and you get on there. We'll take off the stickers because I don't want to influence the kids. <laughs> but you, you you hit you hit this a couple of times, you you gonna feel all right. You don't even know what time it is then, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, man. You know, it, it could be time for me to go to work. I don't know, man. I'm just excited to talk about Marvel stuff. That, that's that, that's what that's what's really important. You know? you know, and I I joke about I joke about it all the time that like you know. What am I going to talk about on a Saturday morning? When I'm waking up and I don't know. And it's just like I realize I follow Marvel so much that I, you know, we'll just we'll just riff and we could talk about whatever for hours. So they've got um, so much stuff, man. It, it is. It's just like an ever never ending news cycle. Well, remember, you no, know, back in the day when we used to force ourselves to do like three or four, you know, comics, man, and that was mm -hmm. like, ugh. And you know, some of them just weren't worth it, man. But now that we've mm -hmm. opened it up a little bit. It makes a lot more of this takes uh, makes a lot of more makes this a lot more sense, man. So yeah, because so. yeah, I think I think um, I think with the, when we we review less comics, I think we end up picking the best ones that I think we both like, and then instead of uh, being forced, well, not really being forced, but having to review comics that maybe nobody liked, you know. So so I I, I like it. So let's yeah. uh. You know, we talk about Disney Plus and Marvel helps us out with just dumping all kinds of stuff all the time. So, you know, let's just uh, let's just talk about that. How about this, man? So let me let me hit the juice real quick. Yeah. Black Widow. Wait, me too. <laughs> Black Widow, man. I've been talking about Black Widow for a while now. Yeah. Everybody knows that Scarlett Johansson and her team I have not been happy with the way it all went down. Here, here, here's they, they've always complained that because of the way Disney did it, that is, they did same day release at the theater as they did with, uh, you know, on Disney Plus. They're saying, well, because of that, you cannibalize the receipts, right? Hmm. Here, here's the problem it's sitting at $125 million in both and and just Disney Plus receipts, right? So yeah. now they they Disney has received they this is what they submitted to the courthouse, right? They say, mm. hey, it's not true. 
She made 120. Well, we made 125 million, and of course, old girl, she's going to get her cut. Here, here's the other thing that they're saying. They're saying, well, if her team and at a CAA had read their contract, they would know that if there was anything that she had an argument about, they were supposed to go to arbitration. And that's what yep. they're trying to do right now. Yep, they're trying to keep it out of the courts and keep it all the press away and everything and just kind of kind of keep keep everything all wrapped up nice in a bow on the inside so that they don't have to release anything. So, yeah. yep. And then that, that ruins uh, Scarlett Johansson's recourse if anything else is wrong in the contract. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think Scarlett Johansson knew about this, know, knows a lot about this. I think somebody's yeah. getting in her ear and just saying a whole bunch of BS. Yeah, she's, now, got, she's got lawyers. You don't think she's got lawyers? Yeah, she's oh, got, no, no, no. Yeah, she's got lawyers, but, you know, competent lawyers maybe maybe a different thing because why would you – they need to show up at her house tomorrow morning and say hey these are the contracts that you signed you need to read read, read through it and this is what this means because i don't think they because even just the fact that they didn't know that they could they were supposed to go to arbitration on this is a yeah. whole different freaking matter well you know and you throw this out there trial by press right and that's I mean, we were just talking about before about how slanted the news cycles can be um, where you're getting one story from somewhere else and a totally completely different story somewhere else. And I, I really just think you need to kind of middle of the road, kind of critical think this stuff and figure out, you know, there's probably some some bad, some uh, some true truth on both sides. And in the middle is somewhere some that golden nugget of truth, you know. Right. Uh, and that to me is, uh, that to me is everything. And I, but, but, you know, the both sides coming from, you know, from where they're coming from, you know, I could see, you could see both arguments. Right. And it's just like, well, this is not going to end well, <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is now, uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson puts herself into this, into this position really that she's kind of now fighting for future contracts. Right. And future revenue, not just for her, but for the other people that may have be under the similar contracts, you know? Right. Yeah. So. That, see, yeah, that is the only thing. There's, there's two things that I can see of, of a reason why her team's absolutely doing this. Well, three things. Number one is they're incompetent. Number, number two is that, yes, like you're saying, this could determine her future earnings on other projects, right? So, yeah. said, well, I made this one on this project. If you want me to have this type of commitment, you gotta, you gotta pay me this type of money. So, yep. Uh, number three is, you know, and I've talked about this before, is that CAA. This, this picture. Uh, was one going to be one of the last pictures that they could use where they were able to be the talent agency and the production company um, and get uh, dividends and perpetuity on this type of picture. Um, so they're, they're fighting for it hard because there's the, the Screenwriters Guild uh, memo that came out where they're not going to be able to do that. So they're, they're going to fight hard for their money because they're breaking up and Anyway, they're 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 like DC Comics, man. You don't know if they're going to survive the, the next day, man. But but think about this: it's three hundred and seventy million dollars box office, yep. and then there was an extra one hundred twenty five million um, through Disney Plus. And they're going to try and argue is that the, their box office receipts would have made more if they just did did that. 
So you know what? And so talking about this really kind of makes me wonder about, so next week is the release of Shang-Chi, uh, mm-hmm. Legend of the Ten Rings. And um, this is going to be a very similar story to Black Widow, right? So a movie that should have probably been released maybe either the beginning of this year or the end of last year, it gets pushed back. No one really cares because we've never seen a Shang-Chi movie. You know, we weren't like, we weren't drooling, right? We weren't yeah. drooling over it. And, um, but I, I, you know, I imagine they're all working under the same, um, the, the same contracts, but now I want to see the, the, what the, what the press is going to say when this movie does the 300 million box office or 400 million and not com- comparative to the rest of the MCU pre pandemic, um, whether or not they say, well, the, the, the fan base wasn't ready for an Asian centric movie. Right. Right. Cause you know well, that there's right. going to, that that's going to be out there and right. uh, that's going to okay. be the spin. Well, so, so they're not going to necessarily say that what they will say. And, and there's, and there's two strategies when it comes to this. Um, what they're going to say is because once again, this is not coming out on Disney plus, right? So this is going straight to box office and that's it. It's going to have three, 45 day, 45 days before it can go anywhere. Right. Else, right? Which isn't that long. That's, that's actually the shortest it's quick. It's yeah. Quick. Yeah. Right. That's six so, weeks. So, right. So that's why the, uh, you know, the main actor, I forget what his name was, has uh, Simu, Simu Lu. Yeah, it came out and pissed me like, with Kevin Fahey because he said, well, not, not, excuse me, not necessarily Kevin Fahey, but I forget the name of the CEO of Disney. He says, well, Shang-Chi is going to be an experiment. Yeah, because, yeah. I read about you know, that. Because, yeah. you know, he, he was pissed off at that. Well, he wasn't saying it's an experiment because of the Asian, just say it's, it's an experiment because of the whole financial um, issue, right? Yeah. This is going to be the first time that we've got Disney Plus firing on all all stuff we've proven that Disney Plus, uh, you know, is a proven platform for same day release. Now we now we got to go to Shang Chi and see what happens with that. A lot of people, and here's the thing: the box office receipts. Remember, because we can see the box office receipts, you know, ninety days out. Yeah, you can buy, buy tickets ninety days out, and their box office receipts are terrible right now for Shang Chi. Yeah, well. <laughs> You know yeah. what? And I, I'd, I'd be interested to see what the Eternals looks like too. You know, and that's that's the I think maybe one of the a fatal flaw for this year was to not have something like a Spider-Man No Way Home ready to go right after pandemic. Right. Well, yeah, that's I mean, going to be that's going to be the real return to theaters right. for everybody. So, yeah, I mean that's the Spider-Man movie is really the Spider-Man movie and the Venom movie. Those really are the only ones that you really want to see, right? That's one that everybody's really been foaming at the mouth to see. Yeah. Use those, put they should have put those out, and then kind of hint that something from No Way Home is going to make it to the Black Widow movie, the Shang Chi movie, yeah, the the Eternals movie. Just just kind of hint at that. Or no, the the Wanda the, the look you had a successful WandaVision, viral yeah. WandaVision stuff, and you yeah. kind of tapered off with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was good, but not not necessarily you know, viral. Now you had the the Loki people love Loki viral, right? Yeah. But you didn't uh, you didn't leverage that. Didn't so leverage uh, Loki or WandaVision into opening up WandaVision or Shang Chi and that stuff. So uh, here's a. Here's a here's a question for you, and I was just thinking about this. So, 
Now, Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi or whatever we're supposed to pronounce it, we, we pronounced it for 50 years as Shang-Chi, and now they're saying that that was a mispronunciation. So, but Well, I, I will clear that up, man. So there's two to three different ones, right? The yeah. city where he is specifically from um, is a different uh, dialect than the rest of the country, and that is a soft sh versus the ch that everybody's freaking trying to say. So mm -hmm. it all depends on the time. It all depends on the city. So it can be Chongqi or it can be Chongqi or Hongqi. Hmm. Okay. Well, I know that I think they're pronouncing it Shangqi, right? In the movie? Or are they doing Shang? Do you know? Uh, well, I think they're going to go with Chung or they might go with somebody, something else. So we'll, we'll see. You know, yeah, I guess we'll see next week. Yeah. So my question really was, so now Disney Plus is is, is in full effect now, and prior, prior to this it was not. Um, when we have a movie that maybe doesn't have legs for a franchise, kind of like Shang Shang Chi, this will be the this will be the first time that we see this, right? Because most of the, all the other Marvel movies that we got, we know we knew we were getting second second sequels, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe what we don't, what we maybe we don't get a sequel to Shang Chi. Maybe we don't get a sequel to Eternals coming out. Does that bounce back to Disney Plus, and we see next year a Shang Chi show or something to wrap up maybe some storylines, or or maybe to kind of keep Disney Plus flush with the new product? Mm, um, yeah, does that open that up? Because 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 you, you you launch something in the theater, it, it doesn't do as well as you thought, and then but but it's still a property that you just created. You can still get some miles out of that, perhaps on on a Disney Plus, and then uh, you know you can tune that however you want, you know. Okay. Um, so that that to me uh, is where I kind of think we might even see more uh, maybe questionable properties that you know maybe we weren't we wouldn't normally see because they would see what kind of audience they can get to put on disney plus and get more eyes on there look they, they've got one shot at this right and yeah. from what i've been seeing this may not happen new agents of atlas that's what's supposed to play off of this right you've got in fact you got two different New Agents of Atlas teams out there that you could play this, and then later, you know, pushing in the Disney Plus and development through there. But that's not through the characters that I've seen so far. That's not the play that they're doing. The other play is you no know, uh, the Namor character, right? There are several yeah. underwater scenes out there um, that we've seen in the trailers that could push that out as well. The here's the thing that they did do right, I believe, and I'm hoping that I'm right, or maybe I'm mistaken. Jimmy Woo, right? He's a character that's come up in Ant-Man. He came up yeah. in WandaVision and everything. He's a lovable character. You know, uh, he's a lovable actor. Uh, Randall Park. Um, he's a lovable actor. He knows how to play his part. So, whatever you do, hopefully he's inside Shang-Chi. And then later on, you know, Whatever you want to do in Disney Plus, put him in that. Freaking let him be the actor that melds all this stuff together. Let him be the actor that puts together New Ages of Atlas, goes to investigate Namor, go eventually shows up at Black Panther. Let him let him do that. He is a proven star right now that can hmm. make stuff work. So let him do his thing. 
Um, and and just let, the only thing that you're, that's that's hurting this whole proposition right now is the timing, right? You know, so I, I, what a lot of people don't realize is that uh, when it comes to American pictures, right? Um, American pictures are not allowed to be played during the summer in China, right? So mm. that was another reason why the box office uh, box office receipts are kind of low right now. However, September's rolling around, um, and that's when it should open up. Mm. That's the key word, should, right? It still hasn't gotten the authority to open up, right? So whenever that they get the authority to play um, Shang-Chi in China, that's when you really want to see what's going to happen with the box office receipts and see if this is going to up. If it does, freaking, if it goes like freaking fire in freaking yeah. China and all of us up, you're going to see a, a Shang-Chi number two. You're going to see um, an eternal, an, another eternal is linked into this stuff, man. You're, you're going to see all types of crazy stuff. So we'll, we'll see, man. The, the only thing here is the, the only wink link that I see is Aquafina, man. People hate that lady. She's she's funny, but people hate that lady, man. Yeah, I that was another thing that was you know I was cranky old man and yesterday and uh yeah that thing came across my Google feed about. Uh, about people thinking that she's misappropriating the ad, a black, a black scent, you know, what they were talking but, about. And I'm just like, because, yeah, gonna be if you, me. look, if you're not from Brooklyn, if you're not from New York, then just shut the heck up. Just shut the hell up because it's not, it's not a black accent. It's a Brooklyn accent, right? It's a mixture yeah. of that nice urban freaking style with the Italian freaking accent. You know, that that's all that is, man. It's not, it's 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 not a black accent at all, man. It's just our own freaking spin on it. And if those people lived in Harlem or Queens, which is where she's from, right? Or they, they would know that's the type of accent. Like, yeah, not everybody, but that's that's what she talks. She talks like she's from Queens, and I love it. Her. It just made me say, well, why don't I just write an article about about all the three hundred and fifty million movies that have been made in the last fifty years of people misappropriating my Boston accent? Yeah. <laughs> well, just you know, because nobody can do that one, right? You know, yeah. unless you unless you're from here, you can't do it. <laughs> look, I, I I'm from Philly, man, and Philly people say, well, you know, you got a Philly accent. Well, you know, there's like four to five different accents, man, depending right. on what part of Philly that you're from. Yeah. Just it, you just need to let it freaking slide, man. Just take your microaggressions somewhere else, man. This is this is comics. Yep. Come on. It was the biggest non-story that I think I've read in a long time. I was just like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Slow news day. They're all slow news days now. Hey, but so, good on her for not taking the beat. Can, yeah. All right. What what do we got? What do we got next? We got. Uh, yeah. So what, what's up NFTs, with this? non-fungible tokens, right? So. You get a copy of this on your hard drive, whatever, and that is yours to pass and collect and sell like you want. So this is they're trying to freaking close out, uh, you know, the hard copy stuff, right? Too much money on hard copies. So so Marvel is going to try to make their money this way. About a month ago, I believe it was, uh, they already did Spider-Man NFTs, right? So there's four different classes where it's like normal, right, which is like 13 bucks, and then there's like rare kind of rare and then extremely rare which is like 400 bucks well they're going to do one with the fantastic four right now and dr doom and i gotta tell you they're kind of childish mm. but they're, they're they're okay man it's 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 fine man um so 
I guarantee so, this will sell out, but when it, whenever it goes. Okay, so cl- clarify that because first, first, at first look, when I just when I just saw, I thought it was like a cartoon or something. But this isn't a cartoon. This is just like a collectible photo. It's a collectible file. Okay. It's a collectible file that you have a uh, unique identifier token for. That you that you only you and you have. And with that token, you could sell that um, at a price that you want. Okay. So, all right. So, I, we, I, I can't believe I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. Um, this is the future, <laughs> baby. <laughs> all right. So, now we're talking about N- NFTs. So, like, non-fungible tokens. So right? Mm-hmm. And so... I know, you know, when we, I mean, it's really kind of easy for me to kind of understand it as a collector, collector or comic collector, right? We have, I have a comic book that I have that you don't, and if you want it, you can pay me money for it, and I'll give it to you. Um, you have to pay my price, right? Mm-hmm. So now you, now this is just, it's not even something you can hold in your hand. It's unless it's maybe you have a thumb drive full of these things, right? right? But they're they're digitally coded, so you're the only one that has that, and 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 maybe that digital that digital code is is what like a certificate of authenticity, right? So yeah. it's it's possible that other people could have. Yeah, I mean, you could just take a picture of it on your on your computer, and you own it too, but you don't own the original. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but what makes what makes that original so? valuable as a digital file because it right. seems to me right. it seems so, to me right. like so, so so just like you so yeah so just like you said if i wanted to yes i could take a photo of what's on my screen right now right but the only way to sell these is you got to go through the marketplace and that's how you know it's an original if you go through you you know it's original if you could find it in the vive secondary marketplace and it's going to have its own you know signature token like it's like a long ass certificate id hmm. so it's not just hey i got this photo no it's a specific id that's only able to be sold through pacific marketplaces so it's kind of like a, a vin on a car yes okay right but the, the only way to get get that car is you got to go to abu dhabi <laughs> the pacific <laughs> car dealership to get it all right, so so I have a couple of questions, right? And and I man, I love talking to you about this stuff because you are on top of it. And when someone like me that's been collecting for forty years and all this new technology comes out, and I really don't understand it, um, so this seems a lot to me like you know, uh, like like naming a star after someone, you know, that company. Like, you just, <laughs> yeah, that's your star up there, if you could see it. Now, my question on for you on this is what does this mean for the comic book industry and the whole digital comics uh you know where everybody's moving towards digital as a way to to collect comics this is a way that you can actually have a, a comic book with its own identifier right with yep. where you could have an nft comic book like a collectible and to me, that seems to to be like this is what Marvel and DC should be looking at right now, right? Like we could have like a like a, we're gonna we're gonna launch our own uh, digital comic. It's gonna be, but it's gonna be like an NFT. We're only gonna make a thousand of them or something, right? You know, and then uh, let's see. Let me... is that already so, is that already something that's happening? 
or yeah, if, that's what they're looking for. Right. That's what they're looking to do. It. In fact, let me pull this up. So this is non-Marvel, but this is pretty interesting. Oh, excuse me. Floyd Mayweather. He's going to have a comic, but it's going to be by Heavy Metal. Here's the deal. Okay. In order to get that comic, you got to buy it as an NFT first. Really? And you can okay. only buy that NFT at the FloydNFT.com. Okay. So, so a lot of these guys or creators that are doing Kickstarters and everything, this is probably what they're going to have to gravitate to. They're going to have to gravitate towards, uh, you know, doing some type of NFT. You know, I, I always talk about how speculators are gravitating towards, you know, doing cover art, making sure that the cover art straight. Um, this is just going to be another level where their cover art is going to have to be some type of NFT um, because the biggest problem that we have right now is that a lot of creators will say, well, you know, there's only a thousand of this freaking particular comic book. Well, prove it. And we, we can't, it's, oh, well, just take my word for it. Well, that's not, that's not good enough, right? Hmm. But now with these NFTs, you're going to be able to see how many NFTs of a particular thing are out there, right? If there's 500, you're going to be able to see 500 in the marketplace. If there's 300, you're going to be able to see, you should be able to see 300. You should be able to see how many are available or available or have ever been or ever will be of a particular one. So, okay. So, uh, so now... If let's say let's say uh, what's a real popular dogs playing poker, right? A painting of dogs playing poker. I sure. buy an NFT digital copy of that, so I own that, and no one else can use it except me. Even though probably a billion people across the world know what it is, probably maybe have what let's a screensaver on their computer. Let's right. say mm -hmm. now, uh, if someone else has that and is using that picture, but I own it, I own the NFT. Sure. Can I prevent them from using that picture as a copyright? Like I, I own that. You can't use that. Right. Take it so, down. Can right, I take so, them to court and sue them? No. So you don't own the copyright. You own the NFT. Totally different thing. Okay. Right. Um, so, Another thing about the NFT is that it'll have very small details that that picture will not have, right? Um, and some in some spots, I've seen three three D NFTs where you could go into your little three D world and manipulate it and see all types of crazy details and everything. Um, but yeah, you do not you as an NFT holder do not hold the the uh, the copyright. That goes back to the original artist creator who who has to do that. Um, and it's in their best interest to do that. What if, it's a, what if it's a video? Like if you have a video of something um, and and it, you can find it on YouTube or something right. like that, yeah. you can yeah, you can force them to take that down, right? Uh, fortunately, no. So for instance, uh, NBA, the, the NBA right now, they sell NFTs. Um, and their NFTs are video NFTs, right? Where it is a clip of your favorite in the NBA moment, right? Hmm. You own that NFT, that the certificate ID, the unique unique identifier that is yours, but you cannot uh, sue somebody for putting that on their YouTube. The NBA has to do that to protect the integrity of, of whatever's going on. So it, to me, it just seems like a money grab then, 
if you're trying to make money off of something, uh, it, it's in, in, in out of nothing really. Cause you're kind of cutting it out of whole cloth. It's like, yeah. if I can sell, if I can sell it to you and then sell it to him and sell it to her, uh, and just how all I have to do is put a different stamp on it. Right. And, Ooh. and then now you own it too. You're, you're getting into heady, heady. <laughs> I'm, so, so this yeah. so, is this is it's 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 it's, it's it, you're absolutely right. So, so, so here's the here's the other thing. I just I, I just want to know how it connects to comic books and how you know and, and I see I see the uh, I see the opportunity here, right? Because that's the one thing that we all talk about is how do people make money in comics. If especially going to digital, right? If we go to digital, how do people? How are people going to make money on it? How are this people going to collect it? How are people going to? Uh, how is it going to stay relevant, right? And then, yeah. So, so this when we're talking about uh, NFTs or um, being able to col- like collect, like I mean, we all collect. So, um, being able to collect stuff like that, it, I can see the appeal. And I could see it like I want to own something that not everybody else can own. Right. And and that to me, the idea is there. I just don't know how you enforce your possession or you you enforce your ownership on it. You know? Well, that's that's the thing that's confusing. Right. Yeah. It's so so for instance, like Bitcoin or any of the other cryptocurrencies, right? Yeah, don't don't get me started on that. Yeah. Each coin has a specific uh, identifier, right? That mm-hmm. is yours, right? Here's the deal with that. A lot of people, instead of taking it and putting it on your share drive or the thumb drive, people are just leaving it out and like Coinbase, whatever. So that's why the the disaster happened where hackers were able to get in and take people's stuff, right? That it, And that's the problem with the NFTs, right? If people do not take it off of the thing, take their identifiers off of the, the secondary market, which is Vive, is going to be open to hackers that you can take. It's, look, it's, it's, look, there's going to be all types of stuff that's going to have to be figured out because you know once again this is new technology. Here, here's here's some other stuff that's definitely industry um, hurting right now. Um, there is a YouTube video out there right now. Yeah, um, and it this guy lays out why he thinks that we should be careful about the the gaming industry right so i've i've been talking about the super mario 64 thing where a super mario near mint sold for 1.6 million dollars what so, yeah i so, sorry i'm a collector yeah 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 1.6 million dollars so this guy did the math and he did he did the paperwork and he said well there's something fishy going on because he says maybe like years before then the owner of this who happens to be heritage auction um he he bid on this with a couple of other guys the other guys is the like the guy from like water games and i forget the name of the other guy oh like joe watts right so these guys have dubious um connections to water games water games is like cbcs or like cgc which is a company that slabs your books to make and grades the books, right? So you got to understand it. If this is heritage, this guy, which is Heritage Auction, owns this, and then he's selling his own video game, and this breaks records. This sounds 
it's just it just sounds bad it just sounds weird and and he's like okay he's like well it could be this it could be that but then he starts to lay out sec documents he starts to talk about bubbles right and one of the biggest bubbles during the 80s was the coin bubble and who was one of the guys that got uh fined for that it was the guy that owns heritage auctions this guy to the right hmm. so I highly suggest everybody read this because this is not just a video game thing. This is a comics thing because a lot of the comics that set records are sold on Heritage Auction and then they eventually influence the prices for for stuff that's on eBay. Hmm. Um, uh, let's see what else we got. Interesting way to follow that or story do, or, though, huh? Yep. Uh, Midnight Suns. I know you saw the trailer for that, right? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, and it was, you know, this is one of those things that I don't really follow too closely, but my son does. So when he gets these news bits, he'll send it to me. And I saw the picture and I was like, what is that? Because Captain America looks dumb. And <laughs> I, there's a couple of people in there that I don't know who they are. And so, you know, having to do some a little bit of research for that to find out what exactly is coming out. Now, this is a strategy type game, right? And a turn-based strategy, kind of like a bald, like a Baldur's Gate type game. Uh, yeah, it says a new tactical RPG set in the darkest side of the Marvel universe, putting your face to face against, putting you face to face against demonic forces of the underworld as you team up with and live among the Midnight Suns, Earth's last line of defense. I have no idea yeah. what that means, but I'm going to get it. It's going to open up in like four days from now. I don't know why they didn't just release it this weekend, but okay. Um, oh, I'm, so this game is it. actually coming out like Tuesday? Uh, four days from now, which would be... Yeah, see, Tuesday, Tuesdays. Or, yeah, either Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday's the video game release date. So yeah, wow, okay. Yeah, I didn't even know that this was this was coming out. So so this is coming out for consoles and, you know. Yeah, console. Interesting. You know, PCU is going to be even. It looks like the Nintendo Switch as well. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, first appearance of the Midnight Suns was Rise of the Midnight Suns Ghost Rider uh, number twenty-eight, and then uh, another character that's going to be playable inside there is going to be uh, Niku oh, Marunu. Nico. Yeah, Niku's going to be in there. That, that I mean, that is the lady in the middle. That apparently that may not be her. Um, that may no. be Lilith's daughter, who is a new character apparently. But Nico, her first appearance was in Runaways. The one that you want if you're digging through boxes, the one that you definitely want is uh, the cover B, which is the one that I have up here. Okay. So now it looks so it doesn't look like the game is coming out in four days. It looks like the gameplay reveal is gonna be in four days. Ah, okay. Just from what you see up in the right hand corner. Okay. I don't have any information other than that. Bad bad tease. They, they suck. <laughs> um speaking of New York. Um, if you happen to live in New York and you got a kid, uh, go get them vaxxed because uh, apparently there is an exclusive, there's uh, an exclusive comic out there. Um, really? If your kid is 12 and up or 12 and under or whatever, uh, they can get a comic book for getting vaxxed. Um, I don't know if there's any type of new characters in there or anything like that, but that's that's what's happening right now. I didn't know that. That's cool. And, you know, if it, anything that helps people get out there and get vaccinated, not to get political on you, and you, you know, nope, think you nope, should yeah. just, everybody should have a choice, but, uh, you know, public health. Yes, Sorry. Sir. 
<laughs> uh, do you want to take a break? Uh, yeah, I forgot we had to do that stuff. So let's uh, let's uh, let's see that one. I would have totally talked through the break. <laughs> we wouldn't have taken one if you didn't say anything. So, uh, all right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> all right. So, um, so let's, yeah, I was going to say, let's segue into what if we had, we've had two episodes drop from, uh, from the last, uh, the last episode we recorded. Um, and I thought, uh, these two episodes, so there's there's one which is the uh, the Black Panther Guardians of the Galaxy episode, and then last week's episode was the uh, the Avengers episode, and um, I thought they were both fantastic, uh, and and much better than the first episode that we saw. Um, what did what did you think? We can go we can break down both episodes, um, but I thought they were both really really good. <laughs> Right, yeah. So this is the one I honed in on, right? Because this is kind of, you know, Bozeman's last hurrah. Like yep. the last, last hurrah as voice actor for yep. for Black Panther. And they gave him a great uh, thank you at the end. I thought yeah. that was great. Um, look, uh, interesting, interesting story, right? Like, hey, what if he was the Star Lord and all that other stuff? So interesting mm -hmm. concept. Um, Look from my, bottom of my, my heart. I wish they would have done what more with it. I, I I feel like, I feel like this should not be the end, right? I feel like yeah. we should keep going with uh, a Black Panther. I don't care who the voice actor is. Just keep going. Just give me give, give me at least one more season of uh, yeah. Black Panther. You know, give, give me something like that. You know? Well, that's the thing about these. What if those what they're what they're all one shots. So you know, you get these weird off the wall concepts that you wouldn't normally see and. Uh, it takes it takes the stories in different directions that you didn't really expect it to go. Um, but the collector, man, I, I love the whole concept of the collector. I love that whole concept. I love that the fact that old girl, that one of his slaves, finally got her due. I love, yeah, I love that. Um, I thought you know seeing these minor characters and they have more to do in this one episode of a cartoon than they did in the movie that they were in. I thought that that was great because I like when they cast Benicio del Toro as the collector. I was like, wow, that's kind of a high-powered, you know, Oscar-nominated actor to come in and play a relatively minor character and and super minor in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He was he was in it for like five minutes, and to have him. Like they actually kind of show him like what he can do, you know, or or what he does, and you see his whole his whole collection of stuff, and yeah. then they bring they bring in Seth Green to play Howard the Duck, which previously had only been seen in like a quick shot, you know, yeah. um, and to have give him like five minutes to do what he does. I thought this was a great episode, and then to have uh, you know. 
the 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 thing, and I think a lot of the things that I think uh, for this particular episode, a lot of backlash online about um, about Thanos putting aside his his genocidal uh, quest because he talks to Black Panther and realizes that there's other ways to do things, you know. And I'm like, everybody was like, oh, that was that was stupid. But the way that I looked at it was, you know, there is a reason that he's the king, you know, like King T'Challa because of his charisma and his ability to, to, to get people to follow him. And that was, I was, that was why I was a hundred percent behind. Wow. You know, he, all he had to do was sit and talk to Thanos and Thanos changed his ways. But I actually thought like Thanos being a good guy in this was actually pretty cool. You know, it was, it was really, really a fun episode to watch, and it 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 kind of made me laugh. And it, I really, I thought it was, I thought it was great. And uh, they can do things on the action side in this show because it's animated that they can't do, uh, you know, without spending a hundred million dollars in the in the True. movies. So True. I thought it was, I thought this particular episode was was really, really good. I thought it was a great bounce back to what I thought was kind of a ho-hum first episode um but this one this one was great and i love the little the little stingers at the end where you saw star lord at the dairy queen mop in the floor yeah <laughs> and, and they actually get kurt russell just to come in for two seconds and and say you know that you know son <laughs> you know and i'm just like oh so now this episode's over and we're never gonna see that but i thought it was kind of just fun you know um, what did, so, so tell me what you think the highlights were for the second episode for you, and then we just jump into the third episode. So the, the Captain Britain, I'm, I'm guessing the Captain Britain, Piggy Carter episode, right? Yeah. Uh, look, I'm not so high on that one. It was fine. Yeah. It, it was fine. So once again, I'm, I'm low on the potential, right? Like, I think the potential would have been because the, the, no, Peggy Carter. She had her own, her own, uh, her own show, right? Um, yeah, get that. She had her own yeah. show, Agent Carter. Yeah, Agent Carter. Yeah. I, I think the potential would have been to exploring some of that more in a cartoon and animation, and then let people understand like how important uh, she is to Captain America and the way the Avengers and, and and all that stuff, right? Uh, you know, the whole thing of you know trying to build on that relationship, saying, hey, you know. She and Captain America, they would have been, you know, buddies, lovers, you no, know, regardless of whether he had powers or not. No, I, I get that. I get what you're trying to say, but nah, nah, <laughs> I'm not feeling that. No, her working with the Helen Commandos after that, like, no, I'm not. I, I, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm not feeling that just doesn't feel right. That feels a little bit forced on this way. Um, I, I would have loved to have seen her. Like now, okay, now that she's got the powers and all that, I would have li- li- liked to have seen her actually team up with the actual, oh, uh, Captain Britain. I would have loved to see that side. I would have loved her to go go her over to freaking England, do that stuff because, at that point, if England has their own Captain type America type deal going on, guess what? They don't need the Helen Captain those. They don't need right. America to actually jump into the war at that point, right? Yeah. So, explore that. Explore that. That would that would have been a great teaching moment, um, you know, for everybody. Like, okay, and and then you know, let her fail, right? Because that that would have been another great important people to teach people like how important America's intervention in that would have been. 
But they, they, they didn't take that. They just did whatever they were going to do. And they have thirty minutes to tell a story. So <laughs> they, they, they have an hour. They got, they got an hour of my time. Yeah. Let's, let's sit down and get it done. You know, half an hour because, you know, I. So I've had to watch the last two by myself, right? Because once we sat down for the first one, and my wife and kids were like, "That's it, thirty minutes." Yeah. They've all, they've lost interest. They they. <laughs> they don't have. They're not begging me on a Saturday morning. All right, let's let's watch this. No, thirty minutes. That's not that's not enough family time. You know, to get us acclimated and sit down and ask questions and all that. So they need to fix that. Look, we're hungry for it. We like the, what they're putting out. Just give us give us more, man. Yeah. Or or give us two two in one week. But, that that would be great if they doubled up the episodes. That would be cool. There's enough material. How many how many yeah, issues of What sure. If were there? They were a lot. You know, and a lot of those what if stories from the 80s and 70s are all actually happened in the comics by now. Like we were talking about this on old timers last last week. You know, uh, all these what if stories that were mined for actual stories in the yeah. MCU. So. And now and now they're gold mines, right? They're they're yeah. hot, right? The, yep. the, that what if Jane Thor, man, that's getting some good money. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, you know. Look. And Captain America and Hydra and all that stuff. So that is what it is. So, but uh, so the third episode, I uh, man was surprised. So it actually took me by surprise. It was one of those stories that when you got to the end, I was like, I did not see that coming at all until like maybe two seconds before it actually happened. Right. Um, with so the third episode, the premise to this is Nick Fury is putting the Avengers initiative together, but while he's putting the initi- uh, the initiative together, someone's killing his candidates. So right. you see in the first five minutes, uh, Nick Fury and Black Widow meet Tony Stark at the donut shop, and and he is he's killed in the donut shop and they don't know how he died and then they move on and and then you you see you see hawkeye get taken out and then you see the hulk get taken out and then black widow gets taken out and basically the whole the whole roster is decimated and so now nick fury is trying to figure out what the heck is going on and it turns out that it's hank pym yeah. as yellow jacket and i'm just like oh my god this is like this and that was the best twist because that was something that happens in the comics where you, where hank pym goes nuts and and turns on the team um but i know ne- they never they never went down that road in the movies at all so seeing that kind of portray itself in the cartoon I was just, I was 100% behind it as soon as it happened. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense now. And it, I thought that was the best episode. And because it uh, it kept me guessing right up until the end. And, and, uh, and just to see... The one thing, the one thing that's shocking for me, and I'll, and this goes across all three episodes, is just the massive amount of actors they got to come back to play their roles again, which makes it. There's so many of them that actually come back to do it that it really makes it striking when you get one that you know, like Robert Downey Jr. didn't do Iron Man or ScarJo didn't do Black Widow. But I mean, they got Michael Douglas to come back. They got, <laughs> they got Sam Jackson. They got. 
you know, they got uh, they got Clark Gregg doing Colson all over this episode. Yeah, um, I that. Yeah. It's you know, Jeremy Renner comes back to do Hawkeye. Um, you get Tom Hiddleston doing Loki in this episode. It's like ev- like almost everybody comes back, and so it's when you get one, you know, when you realize that hey, that's not Chris Evans doing Cap. It kind of it's it like hits me like man, why didn't they just come back and do it? Because he was because <laughs> he was do- too busy doing ten seconds for Free Guy. <laughs> well, yeah, I did. I did read that it was us. It was a scheduling conflict for most of them. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I know, and I know Robert Downey Jr. just said he's done playing Tony Stark. So, and you know, I don't have a problem with that because a lot of these guys sound the the voice actors sounded exactly like the like the people anyway. Yeah. So, um, I you know, and the good thing, the the one thing that keeps me guessing about this what if show is I don't know what's next week. I don't know what's what's coming up. They don't really talk to you about what's coming up next week. That's good. You know, right. I know that there's supposedly like a Marvel Zombies episode coming out, and then right. I know that there's a Thor episode coming because uh, because Chris Hemsworth Kim comes back to do Thor. I hear I heard that, and he hasn't been anywhere yet. So uh, even though Thor was in the last episode, he didn't say anything. So. You know, yeah, yeah. it's been exciting <laughs> stuff. Absolutely exciting stuff. Absolutely it's, good stuff. Man. It's it's great. And you know what? That's I did not. Uh, I came into what if with low expectations. Just it wasn't something that was really on my radar, and it wasn't something that you know I I've never been overwhelmed with Marvel's animation studios. Mm-hmm. You know, with their cartoons, pre- their previous attempts at cartoons, I was just never. I never bought in. So to speak, this with the the, the animation in this just uh, class, it's it's unbelievable, unbelievably great. Um, so Disney Plus, I mean, they haven't done anything wrong yet. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for myself to not like something that they're doing, and I just uh, I just keep thinking strong efforts. Well, so. Well, 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 so have you watched Gorilla yet? No, I don't watch the Disney stuff. It's just... <laughs> oh, is it bad? <laughs> Uh, oh my god! It's so bad that you know. Uh, in their last earnings release, they blamed the loss of revenue on Corella. Oh, <laughs> that's that, that's brutal. Imagine, imagine you being your your project being the one thing that brings down uh, puts puts your company in a negative, a billion dollar company in a negative. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, man. And they're and they're doing and they're going to do a Corella too. That's that's the most interesting thing. Why? Well, you know what? Because it's tough, man. It's tough, man, to blame, to blame something, to blame a loss on a on a property that should have gotten a theatrical release that didn't. You know, it's just like those. Nobody asked for Gorilla. You know, right? They already did the hundred. They were doing. doing, Yeah. There's there's so many other. But who who really asked for a prequel to Gorilla? Come on out. No, of course nobody did. <laughs> Man, Dis- but, but Disney, yeah, but Disney, Disney well, they they have to put this stuff out there, you know, because they want to keep their properties relevant. You know, we need to keep 101 Dalmatians relevant. So they, but they're doing this whole series of they had the Disney princesses. Now they have the Disney like evil queens type thing. You know, so yeah, I'm here for it. The Maleficent, you know, that's been pretty good. You know, yeah. So I'm I'm there for it. All right, uh, so let's, go, let's get into some actual books. Dark Hawk, yeah, one. So th- this is the striking thing because we just got a Dark Hawk one shot a couple of months ago, and I think we reviewed it on the podcast, right? Yes, sir. And 
uh, you know, and to, to be remember, honest, I don't remember. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. Re, I don't recall it either. But um, but the reason I the reason I wanted to to do the Dark Hawk review a few months ago was because our friend Danny Fingeroth uh, was the writer, and he and he wrote fifty issues of Dark Hawk back in the nineties. Uh, I would say, even though Tom DeFalco created Dark Hawk, Danny Fingeroth was really kind of the co-creator because. Um, because he he just steered the series the entire time, um, so when I I talked to Danny back when the one when the one shot happened and he was like, man, I really I really hope that they relaunch the series because I'd be really interested in doing it again, and then that's the last time you hear from Danny because they weren't interested in having him do the series, so you have this Kyle Higgins is writing this with uh, with Juan and Ramirez on art uh, and Eric Arsen Arsenija on colors. Um, with letters by Travis Lapham. Um, and this is a whole new take on Darkhawk. This is a brand new character. Kind of young. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, the one thing that that uh, that struck me right from the jump on this was his similarity or the similarity in origin story to um, to Mosaic. If you remember Mosaic from several years ago, Mosaic, his whole background was that he was an NBA player or he was a, a top basketball prospect or however you want to call it. And here they, uh, they kind of turn that on its ear where they introduce him and he is a t- like a top basketball, high school basketball prospect. And then throughout the, you know, he has these uh, these seizures. I want to say, you know, where he sees stuff and he loses consciousness, and you don't really kind of know what's happening. And then um, when he's working out, he loses consciousness, hits his head, and the, he finds out he has MS. Yeah. And that so That's so crushing man, crushing. Right. So now. Here's the thing, right? Because I mean, we all love Marvel comics and Marvel characters because they all have that 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 identifiable connection to the audience, right? They're kind of like that everyman type character that you know they're not perfect. They're not you know they're they may be superheroes, but they're not super in their regular lives, kind of. Sure. And uh, and for me, when I was reading this, at first I was like. Oh, you know, they he's disabled and you know, so that's gonna be his challenge and um and now we don't like I don't know how the hell he became Darkhawk because they don't explain it. <laughs> he just kinda he just what kinda Yeah, he ar- he armors <laughs> up and he does like even he doesn't know. So um so for me this is this was a great first issue really and like what's going to happen later. So the, the the biggest thing I could say about a first issue is, does it make you want to come back for issue two? Right? No, no, no. You don't want to come back. <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm done. You're like, uh, what? I'm like, okay. So, so here's, it's a great issue. It is a great issue unto itself. You know, you, you introduced me to this guy, you know, you, you took me through the trials and tribulations of his life, and I'm in it. I'm I'm deeply involved. And, and remember, and remember, I hate words. I don't like reading yeah. words. But I'm 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 in there and I'm reading words. Even the, the dialogue is sloppy, but you know what? I'm still in it. And then I realize at the end, oh crap! Wait, this is a Dark Hawk book. I forgot this was a Dark Hawk book. I'm like, wait. <laughs> 
oh, okay, this is where we're going now, okay? He, wait, then I had to fill it back. Wait, he's Dark Hawk, because I thought, like, for a minute, I thought Dark Hawk just all of a sudden showed up. I was like, oh, wait, so Connor is now Dark Hawk? Wait, right. what, what's going on here? Um, so I, I don't know what happened to Chris Powell, because, because uh, the one shot that just was a few months ago, Chris Powell was still Dark Hawk, and now he's not. Or maybe he is, and this is a second Dark Hawk. I don't know. That's the know. thing. That's the reason that I'm coming back for for issue two, is because I need them to, to explain some stuff. You know. So I don't know. They got me. Uh, they got me hooked. I used to love Dark Hawk back in the '90s when it came out because it was like the first, my first exposure to like a new character, um, yeah. as opposed to some of the, uh, you know, some of the old school guys, Cap and Thor and Iron Man. And this was when I when I was collecting. They this was the first like brand new. They had um they had a bunch of series that came out in the early '90s. They had that explosion where they just introduced like a whole bunch of crap. And yeah. <laughs> but but Darkhawk was the best of the crap, you know. Uh, I mean, you talk about like Sleepwalker, no one remembers. Terror Inc., no one remembers. I, there's a there's a bunch of them. I could Silver Sable. Those were all those books that you know were super forgettable. But Darkhawk was the one book that actually had kind of some legs and actually m- made it 50 issues. And really? you know, in the 70s, 50 issues that that was like Spider Woman. You know, characters now that are that are household names almost, you know, kind of. Um, but so so Darkhawk was really kind of one of those 90s properties that um, that could have been super successful if the uh, the bankruptcy didn't happen. And they didn't they they shrunk their entire line. Um, and Darkhawk was a casualty of that. And um and then he just kind of disappeared, and you kind of saw him sporadically over the last thirty years. But um, well, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll fresh take. I'll, I'll take this over another Spider-Man book for for sure. Can I can, can I complain for a minute about Absolutely. the the nonstop Spider-Man book? I just no 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 no. You're not allowed. You're allowed to bitch and gripe. But no I I'm going to bitch and gripe about that. Uh, just a little bit, right? Because I, I mean, I love Chris Bacallo's artwork, but whoever, I, I, and I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna, he has to take the blame for this too. The panel design in Nonstop Spider-Man with the sideways panels, it gives me a headache. I can't follow it because it looks like the the panels bleed. So I'm, I keep thinking that it's a double page spread or something. Or it should like the panels should bleed to another page where yeah, yeah, they yeah. continue to slant. And what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, but it is page after page of having to kind of hold the book sideways <laughs> or, or or crank my head so that I can read the book. And um and honestly in the, in the latest issue, um I don't think Bacallo's artwork was up to par for how he normally is. I think that it was a bit sloppy. Um and I don't. I I know you don't have anything ready because we weren't really going to talk about it. But, um, but that was my that's my rant on the Spider-Man stuff. Um, <laughs> and right, we got what do we what do we get? We got three or four Spider-Man books this week, and they were all radically different from each other. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm so yeah, I'm a, I'm a over Spider-Man right now. The because when here's the issue with Spider-Man right now, they'll take me down a road that's really good. And then I'm like, oh, this is going to be exciting. And then they took me, take me on some other BS. Yep. Like they, they, they started taking me down to Morden, the Morden freaking drink, right? And I'm excited for that because I have never 
I have not been in the community long enough while the Moreland, any Moreland timelines or storylines have been happening to make it new and fresh for me. I've had, had to go back through the archives and read that yep. stuff. And then they're like, okay, yeah, here's this guy, Moreland, the, t- the vampire totem, and then they turn it off all of a sudden. He just kind of mm-hmm. disappeared, right? And then uh, the other one was the whole thing about the the life and the death tablet, right? That the kingpin had. They, oh man, yep. there's this important tablet, and the kingpin's got it. All stuff is going to get all crazy now. And then they turn it off. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Now, now and... we got this whole one more day result. When was when did one more day happen? Like six, seven years ago? No, it's been oh, it's been ten at ten least. Ten years ago. Okay, yeah. it was yeah, ten years ago. Now they're trying to turn that back on and make that something. Excuse me. Okay, well, they're re- they're reversing it. I think they're 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 going to uh, they're going to fix fix it. They're going to fix it. Doesn't need to be fixed anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it, but uh yeah. Well, I mean, so Nick Spencer, who I uh, I was a huge fan of when he came on the book. Um, uh, yeah, it just seems like he's um he's doing too much right now, and I know he's trying to wrap stuff up, but this is his last storyline. Um. And yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, and it's not really a great jumping on point. If you wanted to jump on for Spider-Man, wait until wait until October. <laughs> just just wait. Don't get in there yet. Um, let's go to this one: United States oh, yeah. Captain America number three. Joe Gomez, Captain America of the Kickapoo Tribe, was the main Captain America. So, so for what the last month or month and a half, they've been bringing out these new Captain Americas. Some of them been, have been hobos, you know, they've been kind of interconnected. In the meantime, there's this dual team of villains that have been trying to kill these guys. And then uh, Steve Rogers and uh, Winter, excuse me, uh, Falcon have been going around the country trying to save these guys um, because they really do believe that they are doing good work. Mm. Um, and, and, and this one, Joe Gomez is. It looks like he's the next on the line, so they're going out to the, figure out what's going on, see if he's okay, and all the other stuff. It, it was kind of interesting. Loved it. You know, hey, do what you do. I don't mind it, right? Here's the problem: the art, the art design. It drives me nuts. What the heck is this? This is are his. You, this is his combat uniform. Are you talking about oh the character design? Okay, not the not the actual artwork in the book. No. Okay. So 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 here's where it really got me. Right. Look, Native Americans they are an important part of our history, an important part of our country right now. Right. Let's and if you're going to put them in here, make sure you get it right. At one point. Um, Steve Rogers and and Falcon Soldier they go Falcon they're like all right we got to go we got to go Joe thanks for, for thanks for help we're going to go out the door we're going to we can go after these guys and Joe Gomez goes nope you go I'm going with you just, just let me suit up and this dude gets on his Harley in this get up here's the problem <laughs> with that I know every 67 year old white american thinks that that Native Americans fought like this, but they do not. And, we, and if you're going to do this, you got to dispel those freaking misconceptions, man. Look, this is ceremonial dress, right? This is this this is like a tuxedo or a ball gown, right? They are not going to go to war in feathers, right? 
it's not gonna it's not gonna happen imagine you're you're trying to sneak up on an enemy and all of a sudden they're they're looking out for you and they see a bunch a bunch of feathers and shit <laughs> a bunch yeah. of freaking grass the, the bright red white and blue yeah, coming right, in right, right. like what what is that i don't know some weird bird out there i don't know what the heck is going on like like dude and then and then you're going to get on a harley really there's some moccasins really <laughs> i'm sorry man I, I'm, this is this is ridiculous. You know, so get it right. Yeah, yeah. you got to get it right. You got to. I like the fact that you're trying to do something, but you got to get it right, man. Especially if this dude is getting ready to go to war. He's getting ready to go to war against these two people to get that want to kill him. That are that are, that have dynamite, and this is what he wears. He even brought out. Look, he even brought out a shield, right? What are, what are, what were the Native American shields made out of? They were made out of buffalo skins, I believe, and that's what he's yeah. doing. <laughs> that's what he's fighting with. He's fighting yeah. bullets with a buffalo shield. Really, that's fighting. What we're doing now. Uh, so yeah, I, <laughs> so I I get where you're coming from on this, and I, it's like I almost like I can't really hold Chris Cantwell responsible for the writing on this book because I think he's only doing what they tell him to do. Honestly, I don't really think that this was his idea to introduce a bunch of different Captain Americas in every issue. And um, I think that this was a higher up, uh, you know, maybe let's blame Santa Aminat for this. Um, but uh, the, the, the whole thing, this whole thing really is kind of coming at me the wrong way. And maybe, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's the interpretation that I'm getting from this is – um, for me, like every like it, this is this is supposed to be conditioning us to say, what does your America look like, right? So Captain America's Steve Rogers' viewpoint is the viewpoint of one person and what America means to him, and how you know the fan base it really kind of follows Steve Rogers, you know, and you can see like Steve Rogers' interpretation of the Avengers movies, you know, this you know the spirit of America, the the never say die, the never quit. Um, so, but but. That is how, you know, not everybody in America sees America through the lens of Steve Rogers. And now these characters that they're introducing in issue one, issue two, and this issue here is trying to give a voice to the different segments of American society and what America looks like for them. And I'm trying to say this as 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 easy as possible, right? Or as simply as possible because it's kind of a complicated uh, situation, right? I don't know how much it works because of uh, because of branding, right? You, you, the Captain America stands for you know the symbol of freedom, and they've always they've always explained since since Mark Grunewald's uh, run thirty years ago on Cap that Steve does not represent the government. Steve Steve's beliefs reflect him as a person. And it's it's made him run into against the government a few times, uh, most recently Civil War, you know, uh, when he runs up against S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so I see where they want to introduce these new voices or say, you know, oh, now there's an American, there's an American Indian, uh, Native or Native American uh, character that, 
is Captain America that looks like me. Or in the first issue, there's a there's a gay character that's Captain America that looks like me. Or there's a pe- person of color at Captain America, you know, that could be me. Um, the, to me, I think that the message gets convoluted a little bit the more we see it. And everybody's going to have different motivations and and then and then you have to look into the story itself too like so we have sin and speed demon and speed demons running around in a captain america uniform with a stolen captain america shield doing what exactly what's he trying to do and is he is he trying to ruin the good name of Steve Rogers, Captain America. We've already seen that Steve Rogers, Captain America, and the last storyline was in jail or wanted for murder. And even a couple of years ago was working with Hydra. And to me, I'm like, well, what kind of a good name are you trying to salvage here? You know, and, or, or trying to mar and, to, we're, in, right, we're three years out from him being the supreme commander. Right. So, so to me, this storyline, where I where I understand where they're coming from, I just don't, I, I I don't know. And then and then when when we go into so let's in we introduce Joe Gomez and he's the Captain America of the Kickapoo tribe. Now, that I think that opens up a whole can of worms, and and I. I I haven't seen anything on social media, and I bet you we probably will by the month is out. So they introduce a Native American or Captain America, and you know, do and, and I and forgive me if I'm wrong, but do Native Americans call themselves Native American, or do, do they? Yeah. <laughs> they did not. They have their own you know, autonomy. Right. So they're either Navajo or they're Kickapoo or they're Sioux or they're whatever, right? They don't call themselves Native Americans because they don't call America America, right? They didn't have a name for America. America was named after a Spanish explorer, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's that, Yeah. So so f- for me it's almost like I'm wonder I'm I'm and and now I don't think Native Americans are very much to get offended like some other people are about. I think I think pe- more people get offended for them than they get offended themselves. It's kind of like they're kind of like me. I like Irish people. Irish people don't get get offended about anything, you know, stereotypical. Yeah. Um, and Is for it, a lot, hey, of- you didn't stab me today. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> All you right, know, oh, yeah, I'm a I'm a drunk. I drink a lot. I'm a lush. I must be Irish. You know, yeah, you know, and, and I, I don't. It's like none of that stuff affects uh, affects us. And I think, um, and from talking to so talking to Native Americans, I just I know that there are exceptions to every rule. But a lot of them, you know, we're talking about the Washington Redskins. You know, like how they changed the name of the football team and like to to the demand of no American Indians ever. <laughs> You know, people were offended for them, you know. Um, So here, I just think that there are going to be there are going to be a segment of the population that is offended for the Native American tribes. For for someone walking around calling himself Captain America, you know, right? Yeah. That's what I, that's what I was seeing, and 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 I don't want to go any more down that road, but that was what I was thinking, and um, you know where I think good intentions may backfire. You know, I don't. I don't it is what it is, man. I, I'm not sure why. Here, here's here's another problem that I have. I 
I could have sworn we just had. Didn't we just have some stuff going on with Danny Moonstar? Yeah, in the in the in the Marvel Voices book. Right. Yeah, we we got Danny Moonstar. There's so many Native Americans that are already inside the MCU right now. You know, so do we really need? You know, do we really need a Native American Captain America to do anything? Look, I can go down the line: American Eagle, Black Crow, Crusader X, Daniel Moonstar, Echo. Uh, okay. and, on and on and on and here, here's another thing there is a native american called the american avenger inside the marvel MC, marvel universe okay i've and, never even heard and, of that character yeah yeah and i'm 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 trying to see what he looks like yeah he, he let's see if i can bring this over uh-oh <laughs> yeah, it doesn't want to yeah it doesn't want to cope oh wait 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 yeah, because I'm looking at the guy's uniform. Is it uh, similar? <laughs> yeah. It, well, it looks like it, you know it doesn't look similar. It looks like a freaking Captain America uniform. This guy right here, USA Comics number. Oh shoot. Oh, so so that's the 1940s, huh? Yeah. There you go. Issue number one. That's his first appearance. There you go. Look that's, at that. That's, that's the American Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> the name is Backy. Rolls around with a dude named Gacho. So, oh, there's some racial <laughs> stereotypes in that artwork. This, yeah, that's so. Yeah. So there we go, man. Freaking Marvel, you, you did. You, you're doing too much, man. You, you need, I need to come yeah. now. So that's uh, you know, I I mean I'm I'm enjoy. I guess I want to say I'm enjoying the storyline. It's just I don't really see the point. I don't know why. Um, but you know, it 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 takes it takes Captain America, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and probably U.S. Agent by the time it's done to take down friggin' Speed Demon. It's you know, it it's not something that they've ever had a problem with before. And you know, I don't know why you know the the motivation is continues to uh, to kind of ruin the supposed good name of Captain America. <laughs> but what are you gonna do? Tactically, you know, if I was going to go up against somebody that was speed, wouldn't you just call up another speedster and have them handle it? Yeah, and they actually went through at the beginning of this issue. They went through all the all the speed characters, and like literally, with the, it was like they ran out of people. They were like, "Is it Quicksilver? I don't think so. Is it Northstar? <laughs> you know, just like, oops, that's oh, it. Man. But yeah, it was it was um. I don't, you know, it just kind of seemed like it's a by the numbers. You're, this is an editorial mandate <laughs> to to introduce these characters, and um, you know, it doesn't have to be quality. So uh, I'm just, I'll, I'm, I'll wait till the end of this storyline and till we get a new Captain America book. And none, of, yeah, I really don't believe that any of these characters are going to appear anywhere again. Maybe somewhere like obscure, but uh, but anyhow. Uh, now, so we were talk I mentioned the Marvel Voices book, and I just kind of want to shout out because, like, I, I told you, I was cranky this week, um, and I was reading the Marvel Voices book, which was the um, the Asian creators, and it's, the Marvel Voices book focuses on you know people of color and different voices in the industry. And this particular boy, uh, this particular book was uh, for for Asian creators, and there was an interview. The stories were all pretty good, and there was an interview in the middle of the book with Larry Hama, 
who uh, everybody would re will remember for writing uh, writing GI Joe, and you know other things. But GI Joe is what he's super famous for. Um, and so they in, there was a, there was a two page interview with Larry Hama, where. They quoted. They he he's telling a story, and they quoted him of telling a story of a of of a art um, art lesson that was taught to him by Gail Adams. Wow. Okay. Which was obviously Neil Adams, but it was published as Gail <laughs> wow. Adams. Yeah. And right. that was that really kind of set me off a little bit because I was like, um, the thing that bugged me on it is that to me it seems like if you're going to go to the uh, to the lengths to interview someone um from the past you know you so like obviously you hold some of these creators in high regard and i think i really kind of think that the 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 old guard the people that came before you are the people that deserve to the respect and the homage and uh, and every all the accolades they get because i'm sure this as hell they don't get money um so, but but if you're going to attribute a quote or a story to Neil Adams, you have to know who you're talking about. And obviously, the person that did either did the interview or transcribed the interview just doesn't know who Neil is. And the and and not only that was whoever proofread that the editor, um, they don't know who Neil is either. Super and fire. that. <laughs> it's it, to me it was an insult when i when i read it and and, the, and it was it was kind of funny because i read the quote twice and I, and i was like i don't know i've never even heard of a gail adams but this really sounds like it could be from neil and i was like it has to be neil so i i was just i was really kind of angry about the, the the whole thing so it was it was it really set off my cranky old man alarm and uh and i just wanted to kind of shout that out so editors writers creators man don't 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 rest on everything that you're doing right now you have to look to the past you know if you're going to talk to someone about the past of comics educate yourself a little bit sorry i mean yeah where do you even get gail from though that's that's like so far it's not like you said like nail or like well it's, and it's not like there's 100 it's not like there's 150 women working in comics so if someone said gail adams do you would know who it was right just because there's there's hardly there's hardly especially back in the seventies, there was maybe you could count on one hand the amount of women working in comics. So, you know, to me, I was just like, that's no, there's no excuse for that. There's just no way that that should have ever got by editorial without a rewrite. So, yeah. all right, but uh, other than that, I thought that book was good. <laughs> so, um, all right, uh, do we have some time to do some quick pick these up? Yes, yes, really quick. All right, uh, so these are coming out this week. So if you see these in your LCS, pick these up. There's a like 1 to 50, and I guarantee you somebody's going to forget how much it should cost. Dark Ages number one, the Stegman variant. There's going to be a new villain. Looks like it's a celestial, and there he is right on the cover. That one's going to be at 1 to 50, so pick that up. Um, even if it's like 20, 25, 50, uh, maybe 40 bucks. Definitely pick that up. Uh, the Demon Days Curse Web number one, a Fresno Virgin variant. Pick this one up. Um, it's a one to one hundred variant, yet already on the secondary market is going for hundred fifty bucks. People wow. love Jenny Fresno stuff. I love her stuff. Um, 
I I got it covered up by fire, but you know, hey, the bottom half of this is kind of hey, it's kind of lascivious, man. It, it's kind of scandalous, man. But hey, oh, yeah. that's like the proverbial black bar. <laughs> yeah, <Got it. laughs> uh, I did a mistake, Stitch. but now I, I did a mistake. But you know what? I, I, now that I think about it, it's in the right place. It's a little uh, seduction of the innocent stuff, right? Right there. there you go. <laughs> Uh, and uh, believe it or not, Midtown has their own retailer exclusives out there. People really haven't been feeling, but but I know that Momoko lovers, uh, Peach Momoko lovers will love this one. Um, they've got Midtown is coming out with this one. It's only going to be twenty bucks. So if you can find it for cheaper out there, pick that one up. Uh, Moon Knight has a number one has a second print. That one was the first appearance of the Hunter Moon guy. Um, he's got a Steve McNevier variant, which is already sold out. I'm talking about at the Diamond System. You cannot, the retailers cannot reorder the one-to-one of this one. People love uh-huh. Steve McNevin's cover art. It's a great one. Here's the problem. There's a one in 25. It's not so good. Leave that alone. That one's ugly. I, I don't know what they were thinking with this one. It's like a kind of a pen and ink and whatever. It, it's not so good. So if you see that one, is, leave that, is that one alone. John, John Ramita, though? Yes, sir. It's John Ramita, it, one in 25. Yep. Junior, John Romita Jr. Yeah, yeah, John Romita Jr. Yeah. Um, so leave that one alone, but do pick up the one-on-one of that one. Uh, do pick up the Star Wars High Republic number nine. There's a Phil No No one-on-one. Do pick that one up. Um, also, do pick up the one at 25 by Lynn Noah Francis Yu. That one's a beautiful cover. Pick that one up. Nice. Uh, do pick this one up, the Ultimate Comics Fallout number four, facsimile edition. This one's an open order, but it is already sold out in 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 the retailers. So retailers cannot reorder this one. Look, I know people are, you know, hate facsimiles, but guess what? Two to three years down the line, this one to be worth at least fifty bucks. So pick that one up. And that's the uh, that's the first appearance of Miles Morales, right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, FOC quickly, FOC. Amazing Spider-Man number 74 to Alex and Lev. He's been doing some great stuff. His Doctor Dooms are off the chain. If you if you want, take a look at this. You can order or tell your retailer that you want this one. I know there's going to be a lot of Amazing Spider-Mans anyway, but I, I like his art. Um, but you never know. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Avengers number 47 has a second print. That was the first appearance of what's your name, Bella Love, as the Red Hulk, Chi Hulk, whatever. A little interesting. And then uh, Spirits of Avengers, Spirit Rider number one, second print. People have been talking about this one. People definitely like what's happening in, in the guts of this book. And people like that, the, the yeah. cover. That was a good book. I liked it. Amazing Spider Man number 74. Number 74, Mark Chichetto variant. People love Mark Chichetto stuff. And this one, if you ever wanted to get a Mark Chichetto book, this is the one. A great open order freaking joint, man. I love this freaking cover. That's nice. Uh, United States of Captain America, continuing along with uh, these new ones. Um, there is a design variant uh, for this Ariel Abgayani. Pick that one up because. Two to three months ago, when they were talking about this whole Captain America one, this is the character that they were talking about already. They were this was the first one that was introduced. Fortunately, they introduced us, hey, the gay Captain America. Excuse me, why why does that matter? She's fighting for freedom and justice and everything is good. Why does it matter 
who she loves and who she's sleeping with. Just just show me some good stories. But this is the one that you're definitely going to want to take a look into and, and pick up. Okay. Uh, Reptile number four. I know people are not liking Reptile. However, actually, I actually think that this this story is not bad. Yeah, it, it, it hasn't been as good, but you know, a lot of people don't like the whole dinosaur thing. I like it. I like where they're taking it. They're cha- just like the uh, America Chavez story. They're actually changing what's happening with Reptile. Um, turns out that his parents may be alive or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's two amulets they're searching for. They've already got one. They're searching for the other to get them together to see just to see what happens. But the main reason why I'm saying to keep an eye out for this book is to keep an eye out on the cover artist. Her name is Maria Wolf. Great artist. She's been doing a lot of this stuff. Her stuff is so intricate. You can look at the dinosaurs on this. Just the intricacy. It's like tattoo style. Great stuff. She's a young lady. We got to freaking keep her keep her on, on the dot on this one. Keep her honest. But her mm-hmm. stuff is good. Better than most of the stuff that's out there right now. Nice. Uh, and then Amazing Spider-Man number 74 also has a speech Peach Momoko variant. Um, I, I like the fat dash hurt. She she was she exploded on the uh, on the scene, and then all of a sudden her stuff just got started getting bad. Well, it looks like her stuff is getting back to really really good. Um, I like this one, and I like what's happening in the background of this one. And then the death of Doctor Strange number one Momoko. Actually, I I must have deleted the Momoko one, but that one's really good. Um, and then this one that's right there, this one is a Hans variant. And uh, the interesting thing that's happening in it is, yes, Doctor Strange does die. That's not a secret. But there's some other interesting things that happen in this as well. So definitely, if you like Peach Momoko, if you like Stephanie Hans, definitely pick those up. And that's going to be it for my rambling of what you guys should think about picking up. All right. Well. Well, why don't you pick up this episode of No Prize Podcast, and we will be back in two weeks, and we'll be oh, we'll be out of the summer into the fall, and pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this whole summer's been kind of a bust up here because it's when it's not a hundred degrees and humid, it's been pouring out. So, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a real kind of a bummer of a summer. So uh, you know, it keeps you inside and sit out there catching, catching the COVID. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> you know, that's true. So, all right. So, uh, so we will see you in a couple of weeks. And uh, and I can't find the outro. I'll do the intro. I'll oh, there it is. The intro. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me off, Johnny. All right. We'll see you in a couple of.